One commentator writes this, the values of welfare, of care for the widows and orphans, of the support of those who are weak, are in a sense a direct response to God's grace. A response to God reaching out to humanity. We serve, we think service is good because the God above all gods reached down and was willing to stoop and even be killed for us. How then can we treat other people as lower than us if the God of the universe stoops for you? And of course, this has to be lived out. A few years ago, I got Claire, my wife, this as a Valentine's present. Romantic me. It's an apron you may have seen. I've used it before. It simply says, I like hugs, I like kisses, but most of all, I like help with the dishes. (laughs) Service is a good thing and shows something very profound. And it is peculiarly Christian. And with that said, therefore, we come to the passage we've read. That framework that Christian service is something fundamental to what it means to understand what Jesus has done for us. We come to two aspects from the verses that we read to us. And the first is very clearly obvious. God sees your service. Did you notice in the reading that we read right at the beginning these words? Listen again. The the writer is speaking to these Christians who are kind of unsure about their faith. And look at verse 10. God's not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you've shown him as you've helped his people and continue to help them. God sees their service. He's not unjust. He's clocked what they've done. He's seen the equivalent of you stooping down and washing somebody's feet, even at great cost to yourself, whatever that service looks like. And do you notice several things about this service from these early Christians? Do you notice where it's directed firstly? Read it. The love you've shown him as you've helped his people and continue to help them. The reason the early church was so impressive and so many people wanted to join it was partly because of the message that death has been defeated, but also they lived it out. Within the community, they just looked after each other. They'd got each other's backs. If somebody was in need, they met those needs. If somebody needed food, they gave it. If somebody had nowhere to live, they gave them a roof. Because, of course, that's what God had done for them. He gave them all in Jesus. How can we not extend a bit of bread or some food? But it's directed firstly within the church community. It's not just service out there in society, important though that is, and that's what they were doing, but it starts at home. If we're not serving our family, well, it's a bit like the sort of parent, isn't it, that comes home and expects their meal to be on the table, bang on five o'clock when they get home, or eight o'clock when they get home, whatever it may be today. In other words, we serve at home and we serve out in society. It's directed at the Christian community first and foremost. The way you've helped his people by modeling a different community, a countercultural community, so that people would look at the church and say, wow, I want in if they treat each other like that. But you notice something else. Not only does God see the service that's directed at his people and beyond, But you notice something else, stunning words. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you've helped his people. I want to encourage you. If you're somebody that is a follower of Jesus 
and you're not a jumpy aroundy type person who loves Jesus and everyone knows because of all you say and just Jesus is breathing out of you. Uh, you're somebody that's just faithful behind the scenes, quiet. You're not quite sure you've got loads of questions. You just want to help people. You're not sure whether you want to lift your hands in worship, but you know you love Jesus and you just want to help people. I think there's massive encouragement here. For those people who are faithfully serving, God sees that and it is love for him. You're not just loving the person, you're loving him. So right now, right now, there are people faithfully serving our children by doing our kids' groups. That's loving them so that they might come to know Jesus themselves, yes, but actually way more than that, God looks at that and says, thank you, you love me. And so for those in this room who are faithfully serving day in, day out, week in, week out, in areas that you don't see, in areas that no one else knows, or frankly, you get up on a Sunday morning because you're coming to set up and you're just like, oh, I wish I didn't have to do this. God sees that and says, thank you, that's loving me. This is good news. It's not just loving others, it is loving him. And I do want to acknowledge there are many, many people in this room who faithfully serve us all at church by setting up here at 8 a.m. on a Sunday or staying later after everyone's gone home, packing away. As you do that, you are loving God, not just loving us. And the same goes for all of you who you are serving in ways that no one else knows, but you're doing it because you love God. God sees and says, thank you. You're loving me. And that's the third aspect of this. Not only does God see and clock your service, not only is your service of others actually serving God, but actually he does see the service that no one else sees. He does see that getting up early in the morning to prepare something, to cook a meal. He does see that prayer that you've been praying faithfully for that person you long to get to know Jesus. He does see that commitment week in, week out when frankly you'd rather be lying on a beach. He sees. He's not unjust. He sees. There will be people, there are people who faithfully visit people in hospital, visit people on their own, doing things that no one else knows, no one else sees. God sees and says, you're loving me as a result. That's good news. There are hundreds, thousands of ways people in this room right now are serving God by serving others. Good news, God sees. Be encouraged, friends. But there's the second aspect then. Not only does God see your service, Therefore, there's an encouragement to keep going. Keep going with your serving. Listen again to what the writer says. We want each of you to show the same diligence to the very end so that what you hope for may be fully realized. We don't want you to become lazy, but to imitate those through whom faith and patience inherit what's been promised. Do you notice the word diligence? Simply, the writer is saying, keep going. I know it's hard, but keep going because what's happening as a result is way bigger than that particular area of service. 
And I just think there's a massive encouragement. I won't ask for a show of hands, but I would mention, if I asked us to put our hands in, who is frankly tired of serving, there would be a good chunk of hands that would race up quickly. It's exhausting. And it was exhausting then. It is hard. It is sacrificial. And of course, that's the point, isn't it? It wasn't easy for Jesus to give his life for us, was it? And we follow our master. There may be some, because of stages of life, that you're thinking, boy, I just need a break. And if that's it may be the case that you need a break from things for a certain time. But it may be others of us here this morning just need to hear that gentle whisper, keep going, you're doing brilliantly. Keep going. For others, because of seasons of life, you may need to, for a moment, say, actually, at the moment, I'm serving in another area, and so there's another area that I just need to park for a while. Fine. But there may be others that you know you talk the good talk, but actually, you do have capacity to serve in ways you're not currently. Hear the words of Scripture. Keep going. Come on. Diligence. Keep going. But there's a second thing. Do you notice something, the link that the writer makes? Fascinating. We want each of you to show the same diligence to the very end so that what you hope for may be fully realized. The writer is making a link between the early Christians serving each other and their salvation, being saved by Christ. Now, what the writer is not saying is... Serve each other so that you will be saved. No. What he is saying is, the way you serve other people is evidence of God's work in you. Because as you get to know what Jesus has done for you more and more and more, and the grace he's shown you more and more and more, how then can we not show grace and mercy to others? Even if they've wronged us, even if we think we, they've offended us in some way, how can we not? And the more we show serving to others, it more models how much we realize we've been served by God. It may be that some here do need to take some sort of sabbatical from a particular area they've served in for decades. That may be the case. But can I just sound a note of caution? I, I want to be very careful about how I say this. Please don't mishear me. I've been in church leadership a while now. And I know that sometimes some I see where some people say, I, I want to stop serving for a while in everything. And sometimes that is right and is good because of the stage that person is at for whatever reason, yes. But sometimes it is a symptom of something else going on. And I have seen, I have to say, again and again and again, where people have done that and gradually withdrawn away from church and therefore withdrawn away from God, ultimately. Because somehow the discipline of serving each other can help you in those moments where you've got questions that almost are going to torpedo your faith. Sometimes the commitment that you have to a team or to a rotor or to each other sometimes carries you through those times where your faith is really faltering. Please don't mishear me, but sometimes service is a gift to help you in your faith to grow more like Jesus. And the third aspect, as I come to a close, 
A simple, helpful way to do this? How do we get better at serving? How do we keep going? Verse 12. We don't want you to become lazy, but to imitate those through who faith and patience inherit what's been promised. I reckon there are people in this room right now that when they think of heroes, they are their heroes. I know there are people who have served so faithfully in so many different ways that when you think of them, you think, wow, they are heroes that I want to imitate. And the writer simply says, think of somebody that is a great servant, imitate them. I want to name two people, not in this room, Paul and Kay Pibworth. You won't have ever heard, well, anyone know them by interest? Keith does, brilliant. <laughs> um, they were my youth leaders when I was growing up. Hopefully they'll never hear this because I'm what about to say. They weren't the coolest youth leaders in the world. They were much, much older than us. They were in their late 50s at the time, I think, I would guess. But you know what? They faithfully served week in, week out, year in, year out, caring, loving the young people for whom the trends that they were involved with they just didn't get. And I look back at the, those leaders that at the time we sometimes ridiculed, and now I think, wow, they were imitating Jesus in a way that I didn't see. Who are your heroes? Imitate them. Keep going. I know when Robert Lee died, it was just beautiful to hear the stories of people within Riverside who faithfully met with him, cared for him, looked after him week in, week out without anyone else knowing. And I know that happens in so many different ways. And simply the encouragement this morning is God sees. Keep going. Because as you love them, you're loving him. And that changes the world.